All right, here we go. Welcome to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blesson Studio in Las Vegas, brought to you by Station Casinos and the Mighty STN app. Everything switched today. Like Chris Johnson is in front of me today. You had a moose in front of you. you I have a, a moose in front, in front of yep. me. Then we have Stevie Slapshot to my right, which is different. This is your official last day. Officially. 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 There might be something else. Yeah. All right. I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us on Sportsbook Radio. And how are you feeling so far there, Moose? You're behind the controls. You're okay? I'm all good. I'm feeling great. Feeling, feeling good? great. Yep. Okay. A little, little anxious here and there on a little bit of things. I know it's going to, it's all good, though. I'll be good. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fantastic. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel when you leave, and we're going to, my idea is that, Kind of de- dedicate the second hour to you there, Slapshot. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Do you feel like? Well, here has it hit you? Is there about. some emptiness? Like I've never. This is the one thing I've never have done yet. It is talk to you with you to my right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is so odd. Yeah, there's no there there, there isn't. I mean, I'm, like how are you gonna feel when you walk out of here today? You're gonna say, I got. I have to go to the other job. I've, That's that's, yeah, but I'm, I'm just simple that but, way. But isn't isn't there a part? Like, I want more. I, gonna, I said yesterday, yeah. I want. I don't know. I'm not going to cry on air. Um, it's <laughs> it's it, it's it, it is it's it's sad. He cries there's, when he comes in. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there, there, there's a sadness. I've been doing this how long now? Five five and a half years? Four yeah. and a half years? Um, so yeah, there, there's a there's a a little bit of a sadness there. But I uh, the, the other job is. The, the reason, unfortunately, I got to leave here. The other job is so cool. I, I I enjoy the heck out of doing that job. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so so there 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 is a little sadness, a little emptiness, and then and then and then there's not because the, the other job is. Plus, on yeah. top of that, you know, you can walk in here any day, and like, I probably like Monday per, per se. <laughs> yeah, just you know, and you instance. can you can do this anytime you want. Yeah. So I mean, that's nice. Yep, he had that yep, open invitation. Yep, absolutely. So that's good. Okay. Uh, show rundown today. Second segment, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos will join us, as he does on every Friday. One, one time this week, he didn't come in on, on Monday, so we're glad to have Chuck. And he sent me. Uh, now they have the odds for division winners in the NFL, so we'll go over that as well. Okay. And, and then, um, you know, second hour is going to be completely dedicated to you. Okay. So... You know who, who who's Brock? Is Corey Brock coming on? Yeah, Corey Brock. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know him. How can it be dedicated to me if we've got a guy I don't? Corey know Brock's on? not coming on in the second hour. He's coming on right now. Oh. <laughs> it's, well then, well then you're going to need to give Chris the phone number. Yeah, okay. I'm going to need the, the, need the number on that text. one. Jeez. <laughs> I had I had the feeling we're have that we were having like one each hour. No, huh? no, because that's not. I, I wanted that last hour to be you for sure, right. um, but let me let me do this. I mean, this is completely professional. So, <laughs> greatest radio on the air right yeah, now. Yeah, this is really incredible. So, yeah, if you can give him a call, that'd be awesome. So, second hour is going to be dedicated to you, and um, I, I think that that's pr- probably not enough. But yeah, we oh, thank no, you for it's everything. Fine. It's fine. I appreciate it. No, appreciate it's it. that's more. That's more than enough. How am I, what am I going to talk about for an hour? 
I don't know. You talk about your. Uh... Are you going to grill me? You can ask questions. Yeah, if you want me to. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I can. That'll make it easier. <laughs> That'll make it easier. Did you watch the Mets last night? And I I heard about it. Incredible uh, comeback. The Moose told me when I when I came in. I I had not uh, heard anything about it until uh, until Chris told me this morning. Uh, so the Mets trailed by six runs, three hundred and thirty times. Three hundred and thirty times. And have never won right, okay. until last night. And, and the Mets uh, staged a remarkable comeback on Thursday night. They erased a, a six-run deficit in the ninth. They beat Philadelphia 8-7. to seven, and, and Nimmo delivered that tying two-run single then came home on Marte's uh, tie-breaking double to end the streak. of, and, and it was a Major League Baseball streak as well, 857 consecutive losses by Major League clubs when trailing by six or more in the ninth, according to our friends at Elias. So that was a those. Those are one of those things that you don't want to be down by six going into the ninth. But it's one of those things where it just that's one of those caveats, uh, one of those jewels in the fist of Thanos that gives you power moving forward you have no idea what that reference is and that's cool but every team that wins a world series or even a stanley cup they have that defining moment or a few defining moments in their season that really push them forward and for the mets obviously that that could be one of them and uh, steve cohen was on twitter last night begging for some love <laughs> okay all right steve all right um Federal auditors investigated Phil Mickelson's role in the insider trading scheme, found that his gambling losses totaled more than $40 million. If you divide, and it's between 10, 2010 and 2014, so if you can divide that up, it's not as bad. You know, it's a cool $10 million a year, I guess. I don't know if that turns out to be five, but uh, he's got some... He, there's a biography coming out on Mickelson. It's going to be released on May 17th, which is right before the PGA Championship. Uh, and one uh, championships I think he's a defending champion in, and we're going to see whether or not he's going to play. I don't think he is committed yet to that, but uh, and we also remember that Mickelson was part of that trial that sent Billy Walters to prison as well. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of under underground... Um, underground stuff with, with with Mickelson and forty million. I mean, and ha- that has to be. We'll ask Chuck about this. That has to be illegal. Yeah, I mean, nobody's. I mean, certainly no casino is letting you get into a forty million dollar debt with a marker. Correct. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you have forty million just in an account. My my question would be: Is that forty million after the wins? Or, is it, or it's gambling losses. That is, that is what he lost. Forty million. Okay, but he could have the tickets on in forty million in losses, but not show you the tickets where he won. I, I want to know is the forty million. At- I'm just saying, according to the feds, that's forty million in losses. Okay, but that, he- that is probably minus the winners. Okay, <laughs> that's what. Uh, that is. If it's minus the winners, it's yeah. a different story. But I, I mean, look, I, I can give you all my losing tickets, and over the years, it's going to add up to a lot of money. It's not going to be forty million, but it's going to add up to a lot of money. But if if I don't show you the winners off of that, and you're just looking at me like, wow, you lost that much money? Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. According to the ESPN report, which is always accurate, uh, <laughs> his gambling losses, this is the way it's worded, his gambling losses totaled more than $40 million. Okay. So... Regardless, I don't think Phil is, hey, I'm up $10 million. <laughs> Probably not. You know, so Probably not. Regardless of what the number is, even if it's less than that, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's knee-deep in the things yes, that he shouldn't he be. Uh, Seattle Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said Thursday he doesn't, doesn't think or envision uh, the Seahawks trading for a quarterback. I guess they like what's on the um, – uh, under staff right now of course baker mayfield is out there and baker himself went on a podcast and suggested that seattle would be his landing spot so uh perhaps that's uh that's why that speculation uh came out i guess they're uh baker they're okay with not to help himself oh i know i know i guess they're okay <laughs> with geno smith and drew Locke, and we'll see how that all plays out you know teams we we know this being in a market where you can't believe anything that's being put out there uh, at least from the hockey team we we know yeah. <laughs> that you know probably in two weeks that uh, Baker Mayf- Mayfield is going to be a Seahawk. Uh, one story we didn't talk about uh, we didn't talk about the ejection uh, ejection of Madison Bumgarner by Dan Bellino, which it was the most bizarre thing that I have ever seen on a diamond. And let's welcome in Corey Brock, who covers the Seattle Mariners for the for the Athletic. And uh, Corey, did you see the exchange? And if you did. And I'll, of course, ask you about the Mariners, but it's just such a peculiar thing. If you saw the exchange, have you ever seen a pitcher basically get a hand massage before he gets thrown out of the game? All right. See, oh. <laughs> the board's not working. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, okay, there, there, you, there, there you are. Okay. There you are. Perfect. Sorry. Okay, so hey, here's guys. the uh, here's the scenario, uh, Corey. Yeah. We, we have a new brand new producer today, so he, he's got a heart attack over there. But have you ever seen that? I mean, do, do, do most pitchers get a hand massage before they get thrown out? I think the most disturbing part, aside from the hand massage, <laughs> it's the staring. Um, as if that wasn't enough, was the deep stare down. Yes, and the hand massage. <laughs> um, I mean, that's I, extra, I, isn't it? Yeah, usually. Yeah. <laughs> no tipping necessary. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. It just uh, it was a weird, weird scene, and I have yet to see anything really come out of that. Maybe I need to look a little deeper on our own site. But yeah, that was that's a first for me, right? I, I haven't seen anything like that either, and it was almost like he was there on a like his eyes says said I'm on a mission. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. And I probably am on that, but is that I didn't see the entire sequence, and you can help me out on this, Corey. I didn't see the entire sequence, but is is that not something usually the home plate umpire comes out? I mean, it wasn't wasn't Bellini on first? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah Bellini on first, and yeah. So yeah. the thinking was that you know did or you know in that inning did Bumgarner have some issues with the plate umpire in terms of balls and strikes, and maybe either verbalize that or body language or something. But, yes, then the first base umpire, um, you know, I, I, I'm not here to say he had an agenda, but it, it sure looked like um, I, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish there, but it was the most bizarre scene I think I've seen on a field in a long time. Yeah, and I guess something Bumgarner said something to the effect of, if we're here to, you know, play games, then maybe you should go back down to the minors or something like that because he's just waiting. Uh, Dan Bellino's just waiting for Bumgarner to lift his head up 
to stare at him back. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, this is so, this is so awkward. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. And I wish there was more that came out of it. But let, let's get to Seattle, the Mariners. I, I've been up to Safeco many times, thankfully. Uh, we have a cottage over there on uh, Vashon Island. And every time I go, I, I realize that every team that has a new park has the ability to at least be somewhat competitive if the city isn't willing to do that i don't think that's realistic that you can expect a team to stay there i mean every park you go to basically now in major league baseball excluding the fenways and the wrigley's uh, which will one day uh, go down as well but you know, going to Safeco and going to Pittsburgh and going to San Francisco, you realize that these are the things that are necessary to attract free agents to your market. And if you're just unwilling to do that, then you can't expect a team to stay in your city. Yeah, you got to spend. And, you know, the ballpark opened here in 99 and they continue to, you know, upgrade the facility. They have some things in the works now because they're going to host the All-Star game in 2023. Right. So, you know, for my money, again, I've seen just about all these ballparks now, and I think, uh, well, it's T-Mobile Park now. But they, anyway, it's God, uh, right, yeah. it's always safe go to me. Yeah, but, yeah it's a, it's a, it's still probably one of the top five, maybe even top three. They, I think they just really got it right. You know, it's in a great location downtown. It has some of that old-school ballpark charm to it. Um, just a lot of nice touches. It's a pretty intimate place to play. Um, so it's it's a great place, especially in the summer up here. Um, and like you said, you spent some time on Vashon Island. You know how beautiful the summers are up here. So it's still a great place to watch a game. But it would be an even better place to watch a winning team, right? Yeah. Uh, it still blows my mind. We've talked about this before on the show uh, when we're over there. It blows my mind how the kids who live on that island actually take a boat over to school and back and forth every day. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the that's the first yeah. thing that I notice. It's it's crazy. Uh, Seattle's twelve and fourteen right now, but obviously that's due to a, a four game uh, setback. Do you almost feel like this team? I feel this way that they're better than their record indicates, which might be the complete opposite of the way I felt about them last year. Yeah, you know and. It, they won 90 games last year, and the term I like to use a lot is uh, magic pixie dust um, in terms of how they got there. I mean, they really rode a hot bullpen. Uh, I never thought, even though they improved the team, I didn't think 90 wins uh, was attainable. I still don't. But that doesn't mean, you know, with the expanded playoffs, they can't sneak in, uh, which is something they absolutely need right now. Uh, it's been since uh, 2001, since their last playoff appearance. But yeah, I think we've seen a lot of really good elements. I think the pitching's good, the rotation, uh, the, the bullpen, and they're just waiting on a couple guys to kind of get hot with the bat. Jesse Winker hit his first home run with the Mariners last night. Uh, a lot of these guys are really struggling with their BABIP, you know, the batting average on balls and play. But, you know, offense is down all across baseball, so this is hardly a Seattle-only issue. But, yeah, I seem to think that this team's going to be okay. I seem to think they're going to score some runs. Um, as we move into summer here. So, uh, yeah, in a little bit of a funk right now, they've run upon the uh, the Rays, who could certainly pitch it pretty well. So we'll see where this is, this all takes them. But this is a critical year for them. How about uh, Ryan Hanniger, uh, Corey? How, how's he doing? Is he, he's come back off the deal, correct? No, he is. No, is uh, it, he, okay. Yeah, he was on the COVID IL, came back in his first game back 
uh, suffered a high ankle sprain. Ugh. So they are without Mitch Haniger for the time being. Um, they've, you know, they kind of have to scramble as teams do. Um, when these injuries occur early in the year, you're trying to cover that up with some depth. But, yeah, if he's going to be out a while, that's going to hurt them. Yeah, unfortunately, high ankle sprains normally do take a while. Yeah, so it takes he, a while. Jack Eichel had those for right. in Buffalo. Yeah, I think this is fixable uh, to me as long as you know, the walks, which have been a problem this year, if they cut down on the walks, they need some help. You know, last year there was such a hot bullpen. I don't know if you're getting that uh, even close. I mean, so far, uh, I think, what, the three for six and save opportunities. I mean, I th- think that's the difference between last year and this year. Uh, but if those two t- things get fixed, which are fixable items, I mean, I think Seattle could certainly look back on this season, whether they make the playoffs or not, and say, hey, you know, we were five to ten games over 500, and I think that's a realistic goal right now. Well, and they, you know, in the West, we keep waiting for the Astros to kind of slip and fall. I mean, Carlos Correa went to Minnesota, but they, they, you know, they're still a really good team. Um, the Angels have really got off to a fast start, which is a little surprising uh, for me because beyond Otani, with their rotation, I think, well, Syndergaard's pitching pretty well, too. But I don't know what their staying power is going to be. But uh, it's going to be an interesting ride in the AL West this year. Um, the Rangers certainly not being a part of this uh, equation in terms of trying to win the division. But, yeah, this is their yeah, this is their window. You know, they went down the rebuilding path at the end of 2018. So 2019, 2020, 2021. That was a time to kind of add assets, look at some young players, and really you know, start to make a run at it here in 2022, 2023. So it's time to get moving here. Um, and you know, the fans want to see a winner. They want to see a playoff team. It's been way too long. So uh, they feel like they have some pretty good pieces, but yet you know, the, this, you know, the roster may not be completely finished. I mean, let's see what happens at the trade deadline. But um, so far... Um, the results have been kind of mixed, but I think, uh, by and large, I think they're better. Hey, I, I know you're not going to say this publicly, so I'll, I'll ask another question. Do you, you know, you're looking at the situation in Oakland, and you, have you ever thought to yourself, "It'd be cool to go to Vegas a few times a year if that happens"? <laughs> it's. I still don't understand. It's you know every year you know you see these artist renderings of a new uh, ballpark <laughs> and a new. Hey, we uh, saw them here for 15 facility. years. Yeah, you're well aware of them. There's probably a museum that's holding all these things at this point. But, yeah, I, I just think, and now, you know, obviously the fans have certainly made a statement there that they're just not going to come out and support this team. Um, and I don't think anything is going to change that. I mean, that's Giants territory uh, and has been for quite a while. You can't get a ticket across the bay there. Um, but the A's, you know, it, it seems to me that the best thing – would be for them to move on but i know baseball doesn't really seem too hot on that i know you know markets like las vegas certainly nashville uh, portland's probably on that list at some point charlotte um they all these cities would love a crack at a major league team and by and large i think most could support it um certainly a whole lot better than what's happening in the bay area yeah don't you and you know, truth, and I, and I bring this out every time, so the listeners are probably tired of hearing this, but, I mean, I follow the Pirates, and I just got to a point in my life where I said, I'm done giving this organization money 
who doesn't spend any on me? Why should I spend it on them? Because it's not going into a better product. It's just going into somebody's wallet, and I'm tired of it. And I think baseball is in a real bind right now because the top top teams in the league, I mean, you look at average attendance. The top teams in average attendance are the top big market teams in the league, uh, excluding you know, excluding Tampa Bay on the bottom of the attendance are teams that just have no chance of winning. And baseball doesn't seem to care at all. And I guess somewhere down the road, if Oakland does move here, they have to have an ownership group. This is not like the Raiders or the Golden Knights where there's a, a cap or a ceiling or a floor. This will have to be a situation where they will have to say, we're going to spend $150 million to put a winner on the field because we don't. This is not a market. We will thrive it. We can't continue to spend you know, $30, $40, 50000000 million. Uh, 50 would probably be great. But 30 or $40 million and expect this market to embrace us. Well, I think part of the problem is, and a lot of this came up during the uh, during the lockout, right? You know, and the issue of tanking and all that, and that the owners are making still making a lot of money, uh, uh, just not an obscene amount of money, I guess. And I think that was part of their problem was, you know, that they don't have to; these teams don't have to field um, like really competitive teams and have payrolls over a hundred million dollars and the the people that that really hurts is the paying customer right because you know you would still be a pirates fan um i'm I'm sure if they would dump some money into that payroll and you know or pay to keep some guys garrett cole for an example they had that brief window there right where they made a couple wild card games i think but um that's so far beyond now so i i yeah it's just it's it's a real tough time in baseball right now and i None of these. No one seems to have an answer of uh, how to handle this. And you can't. The problem is you can't get these two sides, ownership and the players' association, to agree on what day of the week it is. I mean, it's kind of a miracle that we're actually playing baseball games right now. I didn't think they'd get this thing settled uh, for a while. So, yeah, this, this is, it's part of a bigger issue here. But yeah, you're right. If you bring a team to town, let's say. You can't just, you know, open up the wallet and just wait for those, you know, the, the revenue from the tickets. You have to put some money back into the team, and you have to do it continually if you want to build a winner. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, especially in a town that has said, you know, for better or worse, whatever the results are, whether it's hockey or uh, even a WNBA or the NFL or whatever it is, I mean, it is basically said we're going to go all out to try to win a championship, and if we don't, at least we've – you know, showing the fans that we're willing to try to win. And I think that's – Vegas, it doesn't matter if this team's in Oakland or it's in Vegas. The fans will sniff this out and not support it at all. That That's that's just a fact. And that's one of the problems. But uh, on the flip side of that, I'm not sure if you know, uh, but I think the NBA would come here if it had – when it has a dance partner – and that dance partner is probably Seattle. What is the latest on that? Is that is talks about an NBA team in Seattle died down? No, it hasn't. In fact, uh, if anything, uh, with, with the Kraken um, arriving on the NHL scene, I think it's kind of wet the whistle for a lot of people. Like, hey, this is great, but we would also like our basketball team back. You know, it is. They didn't leave because of lack of support. It was a uh, it was a stadium issue or an arena issue, I should say, uh, that eventually led them to leave for Oklahoma City. And you know they won an NBA championship here. And I'm of the opinion like you should never it should never get to a point where you lose a franchise in a city. Um, and I know we were just talking about the A's here, and certainly they have a 
very rich history, right? But, I mean, it, it, clearly that ship has sailed. I don't think that ship ever sailed in Seattle. People are itching for basketball, and um, I think it would fill a nice void here. We saw how well the Kraken did that first year, and some of that is, you know, first year you're always going to get a nice bump. Uh, we'll see how that continues moving forward. But, uh, yeah, let's 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 get an NBA team in Vegas. Let's get one in Seattle. And, um, you know, I, the last time I checked, I think the NBA is doing pretty well financially. Yes, it is. Well, Corey, we appreciate you coming on and uh, follow Corey Brock's stuff on the Athletic as he as he uh, covers the Seattle Mariners. And, and uh, I, as I told you, uh, just texting you a little bit, I said, you know, I'm just trying to. It's early in the process of trying to gain the relationships with the AL West uh, guys that cover the the team. So we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I I appreciate it. All right, there he goes, Corey Brock, who covers the Seattle Mariners for The Athletic. We'll take a short break, and then our good friend Chuck Esposito will join us from Station Casinos. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous steak bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles Game Day Giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. 
Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. It's only at Terrible's. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, welcome back to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas, KSHP 1400 with Stevie Slapshot. Chris and Moose Johnson behind the controls today for the first time ever. A little weird. You okay? I'm okay. Okay, brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the chaos yep. that I, I mean, I would go crazy if I was in, it, if I was in that position. And I know me, so that's why I went and got you. Yep. Because <laughs> I, I need this to be smooth. Okay, let's let's welcome in Sportsbook Director from Station Casinos and the guardian of the mighty STN app, Chuck Esposito. Chuck, you've been on the road a little bit. How was your uh, travels, and good to have you back. Travels were great, guys. It's, uh, it's good to be back, and uh, good to be jumping on with you boys. Well, we appreciate it. Hey, Chuck, just before we get to the NFL, I, I drive by that new property going up at 215 in Durango, and, of course, the Palms just opened. It looks like Station Casinos is uh, moving straight, full steam ahead. Yeah, it's exciting to, to um, kind of be part of a new property and, and kind of see what it's going to, to look like. It's a great area and, you know, a really, really fast kind of growing area, and I think, um, you know, the Durango Station is going to be a beautiful property and a, and a beautiful addition to that area. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't get a list, and maybe you know, but I, I'm trying to get a list of all the amenities there because we go over. I mean, we go to the movies a lot. We own that pass that you can have unlimited movies all month. But I, I would love to know if they're going to have a theater there, or what exactly the amenity is going to be, because I live like you know 15 minutes away from there, and that would be a good right. Good I, I know there's away. going to be a you know I think there's four uh, um, you know food outlets. Um, you know, of course, the the casino uh, sports book. Um, I believe a theater. I'm just not 100% sure. I, I should know. I just don't have oh, it in front okay. of me. And, yeah. uh, but I, I believe there's a chance that, that that will be part of it as well. So yesterday you were kind enough to 
uh, send me the odds to win the 22-23 pro football divisions, NFL divisions, as I'm reading the header. And, boy, I'll I tell you, I, I, my, at first glance, the one that stuck out at me, and I don't mean to go down Cowboy Boulevard again, but Dallas and the NFC East – are the largest favorite to win their division, even with the moves that the Eagles Eagles made. Is that what kind of went into that? I thought that might be a little bit closer, and I, I thought maybe that the Eagles would be right up there with Dallas. Yeah, actually, I don't think they are the largest one. Um, I think if you if you looked at it, I mean, I'm you're, sorry. You're, you know what? You're right. I mean, Tampa's 400. Okay, it's yeah. What am I even looking at? Yeah, they're just a slight favorite. And, 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 and you know, going day. back to what you said, though, you're absolutely right, Dana, is that we looked at it a lot. And, you know, the Eagles picking up A.J. Brown um, in that trade, it did it did shorten their odds considerably to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I think you look at a team last year that made the playoffs, they won ugly. They ran a ton. They ball controlled. You know, Hurts didn't have to throw a lot. They have a young receiver in Devonta Smith. You've got a, a good tight end in Goddard. And now you add A.J. Brown to the mix, and you look at the mm-hmm. Cowboys who, who who lost Gregory, uh, lost a few other guys in the trenches, traded Amari Cooper, and not exactly sure how healthy or when Michael Gallup will be back, although he signed the big deal. So that's actually one of the closer kind of top two teams, um, I, I think, in um, in football right now. Uh, Titans and Colts is really close. And I think, you know, Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos are bunched up a bit as well as our Browns, Ravens, and Bengals. So there's definitely some divisions that are really, really close. Yeah, it's amazing how different the odds look from 2 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Things must you, have changed. Okay. Um, AFC East, I mean, it, it's, this is Buffalo's division for sure. But if we're looking at the Patriots, I mean, they – I, I talked to a lot of Patriots fans, and they they seem pretty optimistic. They really like Mac Jones. I mean, do they have a shot, or is this Buffalo the definitive favorite? No, I, I think they do. I mean, Buffalo definitely kind of you know stubbed their toe a little bit last year. <clears throat> excuse me, in spurts, um, you know, lost their home opener against the Steelers with all that hype. I think the Patriots and Dolphins have narrowed the gap somewhat. Um, I think in the Bills' case, you know, you're so close. Um, you know, whatever it was, 12 seconds left against the Chiefs, and you let that game get away from you. That I always like a team that kind of has that bad taste in their mouth and lost a really close game to to bounce back. They've had two kind of those seasons in a row right now. I think expectations are sky high, Um, but that's why we put them up. I mean, every year you see kind of a team go from first to worst, not saying that's going to happen to Buffalo, and from, you know, uh, first to uh, worst to first. So I think it's you know it's they're one of the divisions where I, I, I when I look at it I kind of look at you know maybe Tampa a little bit and Buffalo is the two teams that that should have the easier road but hey I thought the exact same thing with uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and was a hundred percent wrong so <laughs> you um, and you know, uh, two and a half million other people yeah if anything is, is has you know held true is that hey um, you know teams on paper aren't necessarily the team. You know that that you see fielded in any in any particular sport and how they mesh together and how healthy they stay and how the breaks go. So, um, but right now the Bills and Bucks for me look like the the two teams that you know are, are the biggest favorites in their divisions. In general, Chuck, when you put up the futures uh, for the first time, you know for the next year in in whatever sport it is, do you, do you get a, a lot of favorite money coming in? Like in in this case, you know the Rams. And and the Chiefs and and Tampa and and maybe Buffalo. Yeah, I would or, think so, right? Or 
or do do you do you have a lot of people who look at the off season moves that were made and and, and look for uh, you know value in the price? Yeah, to be honest, Stevie, we look at the off season off season moves that were made. I mean, we're looking at that and we're moving teams, you know, up and down. I think we talked about that with, you know, the big trade that the Broncos made for Russell Wilson, some of the trades that the Raiders made, um, the Eagles, we touched on that for draft night, um, you know, injuries that have occurred, possible suspensions. Um, We're looking at that as well. But usually you don't see a lot of favorite money. They're looking for that value up and down the board. And I'd say, you know, teams like the Ravens possess some, you know, some value, the Patriots, the Eagles. Uh, the Dolphins, even the Saints, getting a Matthew and, and trading up in the draft and being able to pick Chris Olave. Um, you know, they're a team now that I think, although the the Bucks are a, you know minus 400 to win the the NFC South, I think the gap is a lot more narrow than that. I, I think the Saints can be competitive if they stay healthy. They've got that defense, depending on what happens with Kamara and if Michael Thomas is back or not. Adding Chris Olave to the mix and, and Matthew to help anchor the back end of that defense. I think that gap is a lot closer, and I think you look for value like that in every division and on the future book as a whole. Yeah, that's interesting, Chuck, because I would have thought that, and I don't get involved in futures, so I don't look at it that close, but I would have thought the favorites would get money early with the idea that we need to get on this now because probably this number is going to go up some, but you're saying that that's not the case. It's not always the case, Dana, because you really want to lay a price. You want to lay, you know, uh, $4, say, on on Tampa, or are you looking for some value there, knowing it's a long season, knowing they've got an older quarterback, they had a coaching change there. Um, You know, there's just a lot of factors to look at. I think there's so many places um, that have these up that you're looking to potentially, you know, scalp, uh, put yourself in a better position. The the sharp betters on the other side of the counter – want to do the exact same thing that we're doing on the future book. We want in any sport when the postseason starts to be sitting with a black number on every team. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. We have a red number on teams. But I think the guys on the other side of the counter that really look at the futures, they're looking at that. So they may not have more than one or two teams at a specific property or, you know, or within a specific company or app. But they've got every team to to win the championship in that sport, and and they maximize what they're getting them at to put themselves in a position where they have every team in the black as well. So future book odds are, you know, they're not just not moved. They're something that we look at every single day. And as we've talked about, guys, we're in a um, information era, and with social, you know, rumors and things we hear and read, um, we're adjusting things sometimes based on that, but. Um, the other side of the counter guys are really sharp when it comes to this stuff as well. I, 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 sorry, oh, I just ahead. want to follow up with that. I, I guess the um, to to make that point even a little bit more clear, I, I didn't necessarily mean like on Tampa. I guess I meant like on Cleveland or, or Kansas City or the Rams, where you you're still getting plus money. You have to think that you're getting you're going to have some money, say on a team like Kansas City. So I would thought. I would have thought that people who like Kansas City would try to get in on this now because, I, I don't know, I mean, how much further would Kansas City go up from plus 150? I wouldn't think that much that much further. It, it, just, it just depends on how they bet that division. He's only been up for a day or so, and, and I think the gap is closer. I think, you know, the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders all made, you know, huge moves in the offseason to better themselves. Uh, the Chiefs had a really good draft. 
but losing a guy like Tyreek Hill and you know coming close the last couple of years that sometimes you know again we see teams that we expect to be dominant and they're not that way um you know we talked about the Chiefs last year I think it was through week maybe four or five or maybe into week six they weren't even a playoff team yet they were still the favorite um in the AFC which is really strange um you know they made that run and almost got back to the Super Bowl again but those are all things that that you know we look at and I think the betters look at and we'll adjust accordingly based on you know what's happening between now and the start of the season um, and, and the way that these props are individually bet. Usually, uh, Chuck, the, the books and I uh, need the same teams. I know in the, uh, the NBA and NHL playoffs the past couple of days, it's been rough for me. I'm guessing it's, it's been rough for you. But we're going to bounce back, right, Chuck? <laughs> I hope so, Stevie. I, I hope so. I mean, you know, you've got every series in, in the NHL at one-one, except the you know the dominance of, of Carolina and uh, and Colorado. And just watching that Colorado series, it, it looks like the ice is tilted, boys. I mean, yes. that that overtime last night, and even you know in the third period, um, I was watching it with my son, and it's like it's just a matter of time unless somehow Nashville gets up, you know, a, a fluky goal. Um, it, just the speed of that team, um, there's a reason they're the favorite right now. Um, you know, in the Eastern Conference, Washington found a way to even that series with Florida. Um, everything else, though, is 1-1, and a lot of teams were able to steal a game on the road. But uh, Carolina, and especially, again, for me, Colorado, just looks like, um, you know, a, a juggernaut on the ice. On both ends of the ice with, with McCarr and, and McKinnon, they look so, so good right now. Yeah, when McCarr, uh, just to throw out some uh, some hockey stuff, when McCarr was on the ice, they outshot outshot Nashville forty one nineteen. When he was not on the ice, Nashville outshot them eleven to nine. So that will tell you exactly what he means to that team. And had it not been for Carter Ing- or Connor Ingram, I mean, that game would not have been close. That was not a two run right. hockey game. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the other side, you know, with, with Roman Yossi, I mean, you, you look at Nashville, that you know, they've got the, the guy who's probably going to win the Norris. And, um, you know, they both teams that have very talented defensemen. Um, but this Nashville team, it really is the speed um, of their team right now. Kemper's playing well um, between the pipes. Um, it'll be interesting to see the next series, though, you know, if, if it kind of plays out that way, who they end up getting Minnesota or St. Louis, but uh, that's going to be a really, really good series. Yeah, it just gets better and better. I mean, this postseason is incredible theater. What, what did you think of the, the Golden Knights? Have you got a chance to, to watch them a little bit? What did you think of the exit interviews? What did you think of the decision to publicly say Kelly McCrimmon's going to be back? I, I always, and I don't know how you feel about this, Chuck, but you know, when we we always have to speculate what we think the problem is. We we're never really told, uh, especially in this league and especially by this organization. I always say, watch the moves that they make pretty quick because if there's somebody they don't want around, they're not going to keep them around. I don't think until August. And, and so far, they've come out and publicly said McCrimmon's going to be back. So obviously, they they feel as if. That's not an issue there, and then the relationship with Foley is good. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think the band's going to be back together. Do you? Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, I think that if there was the the whole sale changes in the front office, um, that that I think it probably would be would have been the wrong message. That they're the ones who went out and made these moves. Um, you know, and, and I think that they did have a lot of injuries. Not that I necessarily think that's an excuse, but they did. 
um, I think you, you give them, you know, another opportunity because they are a talented bunch. My big worry is that, you know, they say all the right things, but to me, actions speak, you know, louder than words. And I guess maybe it, to me it was more the emotion on the ice and, you know, wanting to make sure that these guys clearly, you know, like each other, that they're willing to, to do what they have to, to be grinders and, and get into the corners and, and do what they have to do. They're, they we have a lot of captains and a lot of guys that are dynamic scorers, but it, it can't be all about the Chiefs. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I mean, DeBoer was brought in to improve the power play. That didn't happen. And with the explosiveness we have on offense, I would expect that to be a major issue in the offseason. Do I think the same team is going to return on the ice that next year that started this year? Absolutely not. It's just a question of, you know, who goes and who stays. I mean, the same team can't return. I mean, if it does, they're they're right back into a salary cap problem going into next year. And a direct quote from Bill Foley said, uh, courtesy of Dave Shane from the RJ, he says, "I, I have some ideas. I'm going to be pretty firm on my ideas. We need to make a few adjustments. That's not going to be the crazy kind of stuff you've seen in the past. I, I don't know what kind of crazy stuff he – maybe this is a reference to Gerard Gallant. I'm not sure outside of that uh, what he's talking about. I, I, think I don't, it's, Go ahead. I mean, for me, Dana, I think it's the fact that they, they have been the biggest name hunters in the NHL over the last four off-seasons. I mean, if it was Pertangelo, if it was Pacioretty, if it was Stone, if it was, you know, Eichel during the season or in the offseason, I mean, they go big name hunting every year. And that has caused, I think, the salary cap hell that they're in. I don't I think you have to say that because what can you do? You you've got so much of that salary cap tied into basically six or seven guys that you don't have a lot of wiggle room. When you had to dress Leonard, um, you know, when he had when it had come out that he was gonna have surgery because you didn't have any moves that you could make based on the cap and, and waiver co- commitments that you know, I don't remember having that happen to another team recently. So they, they're going to have to make some you know, tough decisions, and I think some of the original misfits might be the guys that yeah. they end up you know, um, losing in this offseason. We know Riley Smith's a free agent. Uh, Carlson hasn't been nearly as dynamic of a scorer. You know, Marsha Sean probably would get the most back. So you have to wonder if any of those moves you know, take place. I just don't think they can be that big name hunter. I think they have to find a lot of pieces that really work to help that team um, more than anything else. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I mean, and I look at this team and I try to be, you know, even keeled on it. Of course, I want them to do well. That that goes without saying. I think anybody who who is in the media with, that says I don't want them to do well, I think, you know, they're just being pessimistic to to be that way. But at the same time, you know, you really want to lay a correct and clear story for where they are. But I think, A, there's part of me that we're so used to what the the groundwork that they've laid that when you take a step back and, and really look at what they've accomplished, it's not that crazy to say that everybody's going to be back. I mean, not, you know, not player-wise, but certainly coaching staff-wise. I would even go to the point and say they've done a really good job 
with what they've had. And keep in mind, this American Hockey League team in Henderson it is in its infant stages where guys were have not been fully developed to what they're going to be, but yet they played a major role in keeping this team afloat. And I think when you really step back and look at this, as much as you want to be critical of not making a postseason, I think there's a lot to to step back and say, I think you've done a really good job, and I think some of the criticism is unwarranted. Yeah, I think we're spoiled, um, Dan, to be honest with you, is that, I mean, you look at, um, you know, uh, Seattle, and, you know, that's the norm for a expansion team, is that they're going to have growing pains. A lot of the kids they take in the expansion draft, they're going to deal at the trade deadline to accumulate, you know, a number of draft picks, what Seattle has. To build that program so you know three four five years you've got that plan in place and that foundation the success that we had early on really changed the entire dynamic and I think you know as Brian used to say you know we're we're truly a hockey town when you see the face of the franchise dealt when you see a, you know a popular coach let go um, you know you you are a hockey town and that's us but it was fast forwarded I mean be a Buffalo Sabres fan or or other teams that that haven't made the postseason in a long time. When you make it your four, first four years, that's unheard of yeah. in any sport. So I think we were spoiled by that, and I think that's why you see some of the kind of the frustration and criticism is that we were big name hunters. We were one of the favorites to win the cup. We've been there, you know, uh, our, our first year. We made it to the semifinals back in, in two years in a row. The expectation was sky high, and I think in a division that looked win- more winnable than the other three, and we didn't achieve that. And I think that that's why I think you're seeing more of the criticism and frustration across the board. I think though you got to take into account. I know that you do, Chuck, but the, all, all the injuries. I mean, there were over 500 man games lost. I mean that that and and, and to the to the more important players on the team. I, I, I think they, they kind of have an out here, but I, I was interested you brought up the name Carlson because I've, I've been looking at, at, at Bill for a while. He, he, as you said, he's just not scoring like he needs to score at that pay grade. And, and, and with all the other centers they have that the, the played well this year, you know, Stevenson, Waugh, even um, El Decision, uh, who came up from Henderson. Um, they, they've got centers. Now, You've got to find the trade partner, and you know, at almost seven million a year, I, I, and and the way he's playing, I'm not sure who would want really want Bill, but I, I, I think Carlson's a guy that maybe they need to take a look at, uh, you know, to to get to that salary cap level. Well, it, it's funny that you say that, Stevie, because that that's part of it now is that you know it. It is Vegas. They've been big name hunters. They've been, you know, um, at the cusp of going over the cap or in salary cap hell and had to make, you know, a number of moves, you know, almost with each game. To find a dance partner isn't going to be easy because somebody's not just going to make the trade to take Bill. If they're willing to take on that salary, they are going to want another piece as well. And Vegas has put themselves in their own predicament somewhat, but uh, they're not just going to find willing trade partners that say, hey, we know that Vegas is you know, is up against the cap. We know that they had some injuries this year. Um, so we're just going to, out of the goodness of our heart, we're going to make this deal. So uh, I think that it's going to be a really, really 
interesting offseason on, on how everything kind of transpires, in my opinion. I, I think you're right, and even more so, right, because of what uh, Vegas did to all the other teams in the expansion year. So, so, no, so, so nobody's going out of their way to do Vegas a favor. <laughs> no, well, correct. I, I, okay, you know, but they, Vegas they handed – Go ahead. I, I'm just saying that Vegas handed them a pretty hefty expansion check, yeah. I, I mean, which they right, all agreed yeah. on, and there was nothing they did that was outside the rules. No, no, correct, correct. But, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody knew that Eichel wanted to be dealt, and, you know, uh, Vegas was on his short list, and, you know, anytime you give up a superstar, you never really get back, you know, in return. They, they've always been willing to go out and pursue, you know, the, the, the biggest name out there. I know I've said it a number of times, guys, but they clearly had that vision of, you know, we're going to win the Cup in our first, you know, four or five years. And they've been that way. This is a team that has a lot invested in a small number of guys that with each passing year, they do get a little bit older. They've logged a lot more ice time. So I just think it's, you know, they don't have that huge window, in my opinion. You've traded some really talented kids and Nick Suzuki and Peyton Krebs and, and, and Tuck that, you know, are, are excelling with, with, with the teams that they're with. So I just think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I really do. And, you know, I know that, you know, from the, from the goal, from between the pipes that Logan Thompson and Boussois both, you know, had their moments. And Thompson played really well. But you've got a lot invested in Robin Leonard. And, you know, he's got to play more than 43 games, guys. Yeah, you think Robin Leonard's going to be the starting goaltender come October? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, again, this goes back to could they find a trade partner? Um, and, you know, uh, he he definitely is outspoken. Um, you know he's a he's an elite goaltender. Um, but I, I really don't know. I think that to me is the biggest question for yeah, the Knights in I the agree. off season. Yeah, I, I ask it all the time because it is a you know there is some salary cap relief and it is a tradable contract and I'm not sure he wants to be there through you know people that know him and Dana uh, look at look at the number of teams that he's been on though within his career I mean he he really a couple years at most is the longest he's been anywhere so I don't know you know I, I think he is at least one more year but if he was dealt, would it surprise me? No. No. Hey, Chuck, we appreciate it so much. And uh, we will talk to you regular schedule next week, right? Absolutely, guys. Look forward to it. I hope you have a great weekend, Chuck. And thank you for sending sending over these uh, divisional odds. And, and I'll, I'll clear my eyes next time I, I look at them. <laughs> no, no worries at all. All good, buddy. Jeez. All right, there he goes, Chuck Esposito, Sportsbook Director from Station Casinos. No idea what I was looking at. I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, okay, that wasn't it. All right, we'll be back, and we're going to dedicate the second hour, which is the Vegas Hockey Hotline Hour, and we're just going to talk to Steve and give him the floor. Thanks for joining us.